Today is going to be a rare day in our church. I generally preach expositionally, uh, which means that I preach through verses. You know that if you've been here any amount of time, I, I preach through verses. And I believe that is how God best speaks to us as his church. I believe that's how God best leads us. And, and every week we move through the verses with the goal of seeing what has God said and what is God saying in his word. And I, I truly believe God blesses that. I believe he's used that as he's grown our church. I truly do. Well, uh, I'll just tell you the truth today. For today I had planned to continue our study in Luke's gospel, in Luke chapter 13. Today we were going to look at uh, verses 9 through 17, and I had spent the week looking at those verses, and I had studied, and I had prepared, and, and yesterday I was finalizing that message uh, when I believe God led me to change uh, today's message, and I believe he brought me to a different set of verses. I'm, I'm still going to preach from God's word, uh, but I believe he brought me to a different message today. So let me just tell you, uh, today in fear and in awe, and in obedience, I'm going to preach that message. Our message today is entitled, Someone Sound the Alarm. Someone Sound the Alarm. We're in Matthew chapter 24. Today we're going to look at verses 9 through 14. Someone sound the alarm. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the reverence and the honor of the reading of God's word. Matthew chapter 24, beginning here in the ninth verse. Now Jesus is speaking. Then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you. And you will be hated by all nations because of my name. At that time, many will fall away and many will betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. Because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear me, Father, we come today, we're thankful for you. I'm thankful for a reigning king. I'm thankful for a, for a solid and firm foundation in Jesus Christ. We come today, and on the 4th of July weekend, we're thankful for the nation that you've blessed us with. We're thankful for the, for the freedoms that we have in this nation, most of all to proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ. We pray for those right now in our armed services, those that are in harm's way today. Be with them, protect them, bless them. We're thankful that you've blessed us with that protection. We come now and I pray as we begin to study your word today, I pray that we would hear your message, not a man's message, but your truth, your word proclaimed today. And I pray that it would change us. I pray that it would open our eyes today. I pray that we wouldn't be able to leave here the same as, as how we came in today. I pray that we would hear from you in this hour. I pray that in the hearing of your word today, that, that hearts are changed. I pray that eternities are changed. I pray for some in this room that do not know Jesus Christ, that in this hour, that they would find in the, in the preaching of your word and the drawing of your spirit, that they would put their faith in Jesus Christ. I ask that you would move at this time. I submit this all to you, my King, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This is the 4th of July weekend, 2016. 
Tomorrow will mark the 240th anniversary of when the original 13 colonies declared independence from Great Britain in 1776. I will tell you today, in those years, God has blessed our nation. In these some 240 years, God has prospered our nation. God has protected our nation. I'll, I'll tell you very honestly, I believe we live in the greatest nation on the face of the earth today. I celebrate that. I thank God for that. My prayer today truly is from the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam that, that God would surely bless America. However, my friends, today I must tell you based upon the truth of God's nature, His holy nature that He has revealed to us, based upon the truth of God's Word that He has given to us, I must tell you today, America is in no condition to be blessed by God. I must tell you today, the hard truth that I believe, I believe today, no nation stands, no nation exists today as a greater mockery to our living God as does the United States of America. You see, there are some nations today and they complete ignorance. They are ignorant of our God. There are other nations and, and they outright and they openly deny and reject our God. But we in America claim and use the name of our God, but by our actions we profane our God. Our pledge says, one nation under God. Our actions say that we've put God under us. Our money says, in God we trust. Our laws say that in human logic we've put our faith. Our government today opens its sessions in prayer However, we make laws that spurn God's wisdom and even spit in God's face. I believe our nation today has become a mockery to the one true living God. And friends, somebody better start sounding the alarm. The Bible says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. As you sow, so as you soweth, so also shall you reapeth. Somebody better sound the alarm. Today in our verses, Jesus is speaking here in Matthew chapter 24, and I believe if we will listen to him today, we will hear the alarm. If we listen to him today, we will see the truth. And I'll just tell you, I believe it is correct to apply these verses to our context today. Here in Matthew chapter 24, the disciples have asked Jesus, what signs will we see? How will we know when you are coming again? How will we know when it is the end of the age? That's the question posed in verse 3 of chapter 24. Then in the remainder of chapter 24, Jesus gives the sign. He tells his disciples, this is how you will know. These are the warning signs. Watch for these things because when they happen and when they have occurred, verse 14, the end will come. Let's look at our verses this morning, verse by verse. Let's begin here with verse 9. It says this, 
and then they will deliver you to tribulation. Another translation says persecution. And then they will deliver you to the tribulation, to persecution, and will kill you. And you will be hated by all nations because of my name. Jesus says here in the ninth verse, because of his name, because of his truth, Christians will be handed over to be persecuted. Christians will be handed over to even be killed. He says Christians, because of the name and the gospel of Jesus, will be hated. Entire nations will hate you because of Jesus Christ. Look around today. Ask the question, is this happening today? I would tell you, go and ask the folks in Orlando who were killed in the name of Allah if this is happening today. Go and ask the folks in California who were killed in the name of Allah. Go and ask the families of the 2,300 victims of 9-11 who were killed in the name of Allah. Go and ask the Christians who were killed last week and last month and last year by ISIS, all in the name of Allah. Go and ask the little 13-year-old Jewish girl two days ago in Israel who was slaughtered with her throat cut in her bed in the name of Allah. Ask them if this is happening today. I'm going to tell you the truth. Today, there seems to be a distinction between Islam and radical Islam. People today want to make a distinction, and they say, you know what, those are two separate things. And today, our society says tolerance is the greatest virtue. Today, our society says, you know what, it is wise to accept all faiths. It is wise to enter into dialogue with all faiths. It is wise to receive all faiths on equal ground with equal footing. Let me tell you this today. Any religion not founded in following upon the one true God by faith of the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ is a false religion. It is a religion of hate. It is a religion of Satan. People come along today and they say, well, most of them are peaceful. And I'm just going to go ahead and throw them all in there. Well, most Hindus are peaceful. Most Mormons, most Jehovah's Witnesses in our local context, well, they're peaceful. Most Muslims, they're peaceful. I want to ask you this. They are leading people into an eternity in the reality of hell. How is that peaceful? Any religion not founded upon the true God by faith in Jesus Christ is a false religion. Somebody better sound the alarm. Look at verse 10. At that time, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. See this. Understand this. This is not talking about saved people. This is not talking about Christians falling away. No, this is talking about those who have pretended, those who have acted as posers. And they have been in the church, but they've been without a relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, the Bible says in these days, as the pressure is applied, instead of gravitating towards the truth, they're going to go somewhere else. They're going to go some other way. And as they do, they're going to betray one another. They're going to betray us. As they do, they're going to hate one another, and they're going to hate us. 
you ask, is this happening now? I would tell you it's easy to see. Look around today at the hatred in our culture today. Look around at the divisiveness between classes, between poor people and, and rich people, between different races today, between political groups, not just disagreements but actual hatred. I would tell you today, look at the church. Many are falling away, and as they do, they are betraying one another, and they're betraying us, and, and they are hating one another, and they are hating us. Somebody better sound the alarm. Look at verse 11. <coughs> Many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. Jesus says, many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. The Bible says, Jesus says that these false prophets, these false preachers, they will arise. And I think that's an interesting word. That means that they're going to spring up. They're going to well up. They're going to come out of the woodwork and they will mislead many. Their false teachings, their, their false truths, their false messages will lead vast numbers, many people, multitudes astray. You ask me, is that happening today? Let me tell you this morning, I believe perhaps more than any time in the history of the earth, today false teachers, fake preachers are showing up and they're preaching absolute garbage. They're preaching absolute absurdities. They're preaching absolute nonsense. And Satan today, look around today, he is using it. And there is a groundswell. And it is a growing thing. And vast numbers are being led astray. Even whole churches are being led astray. Let me be clear with you today. If it is not the gospel... It is a false gospel. And if it is not God's word, it is Satan's word. If it is not biblical, and I mean absolutely biblical, it is absolutely anti-biblical. And if it is not the truth, it's not a misjudgment of the truth. It's not a shade of the truth. Listen to me today. If it is not the truth, it is a lie from hell. It is a lie from Satan himself. Somewhere we got to quit tiptoeing around and saying, well, who am I to say? Well, let's focus on what we have in common. I hear that all the time. We need to quit tiptoeing around and say, well, it seems close enough. And I'll just tell you, God's people and especially God's preachers need to say, you know what, if this is not biblical, it is a lie and it is a heresy and it leads to hell. Let me say something else. Let me just be very clear here as well. God never called his preachers to parade around and to try and influence the world in any way except the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? He never called us to get all dressed up and he never called us to go parading around with politicians hoping that somehow that gives us a bigger platform. And I'll just tell you, you vote for who you want to vote for, 
You ask God to lead you in the process as you, as you seek that truth. But I'm just going to tell you, I'm getting tired today of preachers lining up with the likes of Donald Trump and his foul mouth and his foul heart and his immoral life and saying, you know what, I have to align myself with him to protect our religious freedom. I want to tell you something today, brother. If I've got any freedom, it came from Jesus Christ. And if I'm going to keep any freedom, he's going to keep it for me. Not some politician. Somebody better start sounding the alarm. Look at verse 12. Because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. What that means is this. Because lawlessness is increased. Understand, that's not talking about the breaking of man's laws. That's, that's talking about the breaking of God's moral law, God's truth. When people openly live in outright disregard for God's plan for our life, God's, God's desire for our lives, he says, you know what, you ought not do this, don't do this. And we say, you know what, I'll do what I want to do, I don't care. He says, you know what, you ought to do these things. And we say, you know what, don't tell me what to do, I'll do what it is that I want to do. And we live in open rebellion, open disregard of God's laws. Because of that, because we're so closed off to, to God's truth, the, Psalm 119 says the precepts of God, the, the statutes of God, the result is our hearts grow cold and love is lost. What that means is that as we blatantly reject God, if we do what we want to do, we become calloused and our hearts become tough. You ask the question today, is that happening today? Friends, look around. That's the world we live in. Living in neglect of the living and loving God. We've become cold and we've become callous and we've become hard today. And, and I've, I've rejected God's truth and I've decided I'll do what it is that I want to do. And my heart has gotten cold and hard. Friends, church, Christians, somebody needs to sound the alarm. You hear all that and you say, well, Dad Gum, it seems pretty hopeless. There's an avalanche of false teaching and it's taken over today. That gum, it seems hopeless. Whole churches have been led astray today and, and there's, there's bickering and there's betrayal and there's, there's hatred and there's hard hearts. And, and man, I look around the world today and it seems pretty bleak. It looks like there's no hope on the 4th of July weekend, 2016. Let me tell you something. Hear me well. It is not hopeless. Look at verse 13. But the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. He will be saved. Now I want you to see this. This is a very awesome verse in verse 13. Understand this. We're not saved by the work of enduring to the end. The Bible's very clear in that. It's not our ability to endure that saves us. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 says it's not of any work of man. You're not saved because of your ability to endure to the end. But also see this, because of your faith in the living Savior Jesus, you will endure. Do you see that today? Because of your faith in Jesus and His power, not our power, He leads us to endure. He empowers us to endure. And then it says this, will be saved. 
It's not over. It's not hopeless today. We'll be saved. Now, I want to tell you what those three words mean. That means this. There is coming a day when all falsehood will be forever banished as we meet the embodiment of the truth, Jesus Christ himself. What that means is there'll be a day when betrayal and hatred and heartache becomes a long, distant, and forgotten memory as we're replaced with acceptance and love as we stand in the presence of Jesus. There is coming a day we'll be saved. Verse 14. Full circle, ties it all together. Jesus continues and he says, This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. A just God wouldn't go and not have the truth proclaimed. The gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations and then the end will come. What would it take to see a movement of God in America? Man, wouldn't you love to see a movement of God in America today to His, His glory sweep across our nation and, and be evident in the actions and the, and the laws that we make? Wouldn't you like to see a movement of God in America today? What would it take to see a movement of God in America today? It would take a revival in the church in America today. Did you hear what I said? It would take a revival in the church of America today. You see, the problem today is not lost people. The lost ground today is not because of lost people. The lost ground today is because the church has gone to sleep today. The church has lost focus today. And I want to tell you, in America today, in 2016, what we need today is a revival in the church today. We need the church to be alive in the power of the living God. We need the church to be right in our heart. We need the church to be on the mission of Jesus Christ. We need a revival in the church in America today. You say, well, what would it take to see a revival in the church today? I'd like to see God sweep across our nation. It's going to happen when we see a revival in the church. What would it take to see a revival in the church today? Here's what it would take. It would take a change in the hearts of men. You want to see a revival in the church, it's going to take a change in the hearts of men. It's going to take men and women who are confronted with the truth of their sin, not, not swept under the carpet, not denied, but confronted with the truth of their sin. It would take men and women that in the truth of their sin are led to repentance and they seek the forgiveness of our Savior Jesus Christ and then by faith they abide and they walk with Jesus Christ. I want to tell you something. If we're going to see God move in the church, we need to see a change in the hearts of men today. What would it take to see a change in the hearts of men Today, I want to see God move in our nation. If it's going to happen, we need a revival in the church. If we need a revival in the church, it's going to happen when we see a change in the hearts of men. What's it going to take to see a change in the hearts of men? It will take this. Listen to me very carefully. You want to see our nation change? You want to see a revival in our churches today? You want to see a change in the hearts of people? What's it going to take? It's going to take this. It's going to take the clear, consistent 
unapologetic preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why in verse 14 he says he's not coming back until the gospel has been preached to all nations. Listen to me today. Our hope today in our nation, our hope today in our world is Jesus Christ alone. Our hope as a sinful people who need forgiveness is told in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our hope in stale and powerless churches is unleashed and it's told in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our hope in our nation today, a nation that has turned against God, who is far from God, is not going to be found in Washington. It's not going to be found in Austin. It's going to be found in the faithful proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You want to see hearts change? Tell them about God. Tell them about Christ. Tell them about forgiveness. Tell them about a cross. Tell them about the gospel. And you'll see hearts change. And you'll see revival in the church. And you'll see a change in our nation. The answer is the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Song we just sang. And his truth is marching on. This is his truth. Somebody sound the alarm. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come. We come and we just tell you we're sorry. I tell you I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we're boastful and we're arrogant and we go around and we, we talk about our, our status as a nation and yet we turn against you. You tell us what's right, we call it wrong. You tell us what's wrong, we disregard it and call it right. Even in the church, we've gone to sleep and, and we've set your word aside. And we want to grab a hold of popular myths and, and these false teachers come up and, and we want to follow what's popular and so we attach to them and the church has gone to sleep. And our hearts have become hardened and our hearts have become cold and we turn and we rail against you. Forgive us, God. Forgive us. Change our hearts. I, I pray today that we would hear the alarm, that we as Christians would sound the alarm, that our hope and our answers found in Jesus Christ. Move in this church. Move in our hearts. And then let it well up and let it change our state and our nation and our world to the glory of God. I pray for some in this room that they would come today and they would, maybe they're convicted of their sin. They're convicted that they're outside of a relationship with Christ. I pray that in the hearing of the truth today they might they might step out and put their faith in Jesus in this hour, not some other hour, this hour. Pray for some here that, yes, we're Christians, but maybe we've been lulled to sleep and we've been distracting the things of the world and, and we think the hope's going to come in an election or in an army or in, or in some bill we're going to pass or not pass when the hope is the change of hearts that comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Give us a renewed resolve. Give us even a fanaticism for the truth of Jesus Christ. Let us be faithful until the end does come. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close our service with a time of response, a time of invitation, a time really to respond to the truth of God's word. And I want to tell you first off, if you're here and you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and maybe God's been impressing that upon you. Maybe the, the circumstances of life. Maybe just today you say, you know what, I don't, I don't have that peace. I don't have that hope. I want to tell you the good news of the gospel. We're not mad at Muslims. We want to tell them about Christ. I want to lead them to Christ. The, the good news is this. In Christ, you can have a new start. 
In Christ, you're forgiven. In Christ, your, your big old record and all the guilt and condemnation is set down and you become the perfectness of Jesus right with the Holy God. The Bible says if you profess that, if you believe that, and you would only profess it because you believe it, the Bible says you'd be saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10, 13, you'll be saved. And maybe you're here today and, and we come, well, it's a little bit smaller crowd and people have gone other places this week. Maybe you're here for that reason that today you'd put your faith in Jesus Christ. In just a moment, we're going to stand and sing a hymn of invitation. If that's you, don't you worry about your pride. Don't you worry about what people think. You come and you meet me here at the front. Let's settle it today. Settle this today. Maybe you're here and you are a Christian. You've put your faith in Christ, but you need to follow up believer's baptism. And sometimes we act like, well, that's not a big deal. Well, I want to tell you, Christ said we're to do it in obedience to him. That's how we mark ourselves as his followers. So some of you here today say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I've never followed in believer's baptism by immersion after the point that I was saved. And you would come today and say, you know what, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And I want people to know what I believe of Jesus. And so you'd come and we'll, we'll set a time and we'll set up your baptism to glorify him, to, to, to state your testimony. Maybe you're here and you're looking for a church home. I want to give you an opportunity to come and say, you know what, I believe God's led me to Calvary Baptist Church and I want to serve faithfully here for his glory. You can come at this time, we'll take care of that as well. Maybe you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, but you would say on this 4th of July that you've heard the warning signs and you cannot be silent any longer. And you would ask, God, give me a boldness. God, give me the ability to stand when everybody else wants to sit down and shrink back and go the other way. Use me as a mouthpiece for your gospel. Maybe you want to pray at an altar, pray with me. We're going to stand and sing a hymn of commitment, a hymn of invitation. If God has spoken to you, you step out and you come on. I'll meet you here. If God's spoken to you today, you step out. You come on. I'll meet you here.